0: hey this is steve campbell from the c3 church thank you for joining us for this podcast our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed equipped and enabled as you listen to this message god bless you hey guys coming on with my mask on then i forgot to take it off almost good how are you doing good to see you all welcome welcome wherever you're watching today if you are Online, if you're here in the room, I'm gonna to have to remember how to preach to people in the room. I've got so used to speaking to a camera over the last few months, so I'm looking forward to it though. And it's great to have you guys all joining us online, wherever you're joining us from. It's great that you're with us today. It's a great way to end the year, hey, in church, worshiping God. As we've been doing this morning. So as Katie said, my name is Bradley. Um, I'm a young adults pastor here along with my wife, Dani, um, and I'm very, very excited to be able to share with you today. But I wanted to start off as we, as we end, as Katie said, as we end 2020, I want to start off by saying thank you to our senior pastors, Steve and Angie. Firstly, I wanted to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. I'm, I'm really excited to share with you today. But also, thank you, Stephen Angie. I know you're watching at home today. Thank you for the way that you've led this year. In a year of, yeah, let's give it up for Stephen Angie. Give, fill the comments up with love for Stephen Angie. Thank you in a year of change and uncertainty. Uh, and you've just led with such a faithfulness and consistency. So we honor you and we love you, Stephen Angie. Thank you. Thank you. And I hadn't prepared to say this, but just being in the room today and seeing the amount of work. I have This is my first time uh, here in the building since, since March on a Sunday. And just the amount of people here putting it all together. So I just think we should end the year as well by saying thank you to the tech team, the guys on the cameras, the guys putting all this together. Thank you so much for making it available for us here in the room, but also for all of us that have been watching online all year. Thank you to all of you. There's too many people for name checks there, but you know who you are. Thank you guys. And so as we end 2020, um, I was preparing for this message and I wasn't quite sure which way to go. But I wanted us to, instead of looking back too much at 2020 this morning, I want us to look forward into 2021 and talk a little bit about the hope that we have for next year. But firstly, I wanted to tell you one thing about my 2020, and it's been a year, hasn't it, of, of change, of, of new routines, new rhythms. And one thing that I've had to adjust to, and my wife as well, is working from home. I work in software, so it was very easy for me to transition into working from home from a practical sense. But of course, my whole like, routine of cycling to work and getting my exercise that way, or you know, the routine of having a chat in the kitchen with people, all of that stuff was gone. And one thing that I didn't notice a habit that had changed so much until my, my phone told me about it, as it is with this age, we get told stuff by our phones about our routines and stuff, but it was actually Spotify, which I used to listen to my music, that a few months ago, or maybe a few weeks ago, I can't quite remember how long ago it was. I got this notification saying, here's your Spotify unwrapped for 2020, here's your like, year in music, this is what you've been listening to this year. And I noticed I'd been listening to a lot more music this year. And I think it's because when I'm in the office, I wouldn't want to have my headphones in all day and be too anti-social I wanted to like allow people to come and talk to me and not look like they had to interrupt me but when I'm at home and I don't have many meetings in my job which is amazing so I would just get into my office and just tell the my smart speaker I won't say it now because my phone will go off Um, but I could just tell my smart speaker to play some music on Spotify and and there I was listening to some music but there was one song that Spotify told me that I'd listened to a lot this year Uh, over 70 times at that point it's probably over 100 by now um, but it's a song called Man of Your Word. And it's a song by Maverick City Music. Some of you will know it. If you don't know it, go look. Maverick City Music, Man of Your Word. It's a great, great song. But I think it's appropriate that it was my song. I didn't really realize how much I love this song until Spotify told me. But when I thought about it, I thought, yeah, this is a good, it's a good song for 2020. Because what it is is a declaration that God is a man of his word and that God keeps his promises. And in a year where I think we've all had moments... I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we said we didn't have moments where we, maybe you're watching today and you're not even a Christian. You've probably had these moments this year where we've looked up to the skies and we've said, but God, seriously, what is going on? But God, seriously, what is happening right now? So this song, Man of Your Word, has become my declaration that no matter what we see around us, God is a man of his word. And what he finishes, what he starts, he will finish. And so there's just a couple of lines from this song that I want to read to us encourage you to go away and read it. It sings, I won't sing it, I'll just say it. It says, we have this confidence, you'll finish what you started. God, you have never failed, and you won't start with me. And then the line that just gets stuck in my head over and over again, if you said it, we believe it, because you're a man of your word. If you said it, we believe it. And what does God's word say? I, I could go on for ages, but I just want to read a couple of things. God's word says that in John three sixteen that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I'm holding on to that promise. Jesus said that if the son, him, sets you free, you will be free indeed. I'm holding on to that freedom. Jesus said another time that he was the light of the world and that whoever follows him would not walk in darkness but have the light of life. And in a season that can seem dark, I'm holding on to that light of life because if he said it, we believe it. He is a man of his word. And as I was preparing for today, this phrase dropped into my mind, and this is what I want to give the title for today. New Year, Same God. New Year, Same God. And that is good news. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the hope that we have into 2021, but importantly, what that hope is based on. So if you have a Bible or if you have the Version app, you can jump to Luke 2, and we're going to be reading from 25 To 32, Luke 2, 25 to 32. And it feels appropriate to be here today in scripture because this happens just a few days after Jesus was born. It's kind of the first story in Luke's gospel after Jesus was born. And so Luke 2. Let me just set the scene before we read this passage because Luke starts out his account of Jesus' life by saying. Guys, I've like spoken to everyone, I've done all my research, and I'm gonna write down an orderly account of these events so that you can have confidence and assurance and a certainty about what really happened with this guy Jesus and, and what he did and what he said. And then he spends this whole first chapter telling us about these predictions and prophecies of these two babies who are gonna be born, and he tells us a little bit about who they're gonna be, these cousins, in fact, which is John, who we often call John the Baptist. And then, of course, Jesus. And what can we say and what does Luke say about Jesus? In just the first chapter and a bit, he tells us that he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. He tells us that he will be a king of a kingdom that will never end. He tells us that he will be the Son of God and that he will be the Savior of humanity. He tells us a lot about this baby Jesus before he's even born and then when he's born. And what I think Luke's doing is setting up the story of Jesus' life by saying right from the beginning, this is not an accident, this is not a surprise, this was not unexpected. People were looking for this baby. People were looking for this saviour of humanity. Jesus was anticipated. And the next story after Jesus' birth is is where we're going to read now in Luke 2. And it records the events where Jesus' parents took him up to the temple, as was the custom, this was a completely normal thing to do. And so let's read from Luke 2, and I'm going to read from verse... 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. And that word salvation is literally Jesus' name. My eyes have seen your Jesus. My eyes have seen your salvation. That you have prepared in the presence of all People's, A light for revelation to the Gentiles, which was the non-Jewish people, and for your glory to your people, Israel, the Jewish people. So for all peoples, this revelation has come. This salvation has come. And so I can't even imagine what Mary and Joseph must have been thinking. I mean, they obviously knew who this, you know, they had, had they had an inkling who Jesus was. But just to some guy to just take their baby and just start saying these words, it must have been an odd moment. And I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few weeks. And I've started to imagine this scene of, especially imagining Simeon. Um, it doesn't tell us that he was old, but in my mind, I saw him picturing him as this kind of wise old gentleman, maybe with a long—maybe it's just all the Santas I've seen. I'm picturing Simeon like Santa, um, just with a long white beard. He's nice and wise, and I can imagine this is what I've been thinking: that there's loads of people around, and they're seeing how like healthy uh, and, and and well Simeon looks, and despite his age, and them coming up to him and saying, "Simeon, like, how are you? How are you this healthy? Like, is it your diet? Is it your exercise? Like, how are you living so long?" And Simeon's like. Guys, I'm just not going to die until I see the Messiah. And they're all like, is this guy okay? Like, can you imagine if someone said that? You'd be like, is he sure? But no, Simeon, he is sure. And I love this guy. I think he's awesome. We don't know much more about Simeon. But I think, like, I, I've, I really have come to love Simeon just reading these few verses. And I think Luke does too. Because Luke, don't forget, has spoken to lots of people. I'm sure the material that he had was, was a lot. And so as he's condensed it down, inspired by the Spirit, he chooses to tell us, not just tell us this story about Simeon, but he tells us details about Simeon that he doesn't have to include. This story could have worked in terms of who Jesus was by just saying there was a man in Jerusalem who, when Jesus came up, took him in his arms. But he tells us some details about Simeon. He tells us his name for a start, that his name, which means he has heard or obedient. He tells us that he was a righteous and devout man that the Spirit was on him and that he was crucially waiting for this consolation, this Lord's Christ, the Messiah. And so he paints a picture, Luke, of this kind of guy that Simeon was. And I think whether this was Luke's intention or not, we can definitely do this today. We can look at Simeon and say, let's be people who are like Simeon. Let's be people who are like Simeon. So what we're going to do in the time that we have left is just talk about two ways that I think as we go into 2021, we can be more like Simeon encouraging us to be more simian like as we go into next year. And so the first way I think we can be more simian like as we go into next year is that we can be people who love God's word. People who love God's word. If you've ever had a conversation with me about faith or about anything or maybe you've uh, heard me preaching at young adults before, you definitely would have heard me mention the Bible Project and if you haven't, you have now. The Bible Project are an incredible nonprofit in in America that create videos, and other resources to help people engage with the Bible, to help people understand the Bible. And they're awesome. I would encourage you to, to go and check out the Bible Project if you haven't ever seen their stuff before. But I bring it up now because in a recent video, they said these words, and I think this is, this is a great way to describe this, this book that we have. They said, for those of us who follow Jesus, we have a book. It isn't a theology book. It isn't a rule book." It's the story of God and humanity. A story Jesus said he was fulfilling. And I think when we read these verses about Simeon, we see that he was a man who knew and loved God's word. That he knew it wasn't just a rule book. He knew it wasn't just a theology textbook. But he knew it was the story of God and humanity. And crucially, Simeon, in reading the Old Testament scriptures specifically as as he would have had them, he had seen that it pointed to this Messiah, this savior figure who would come and fulfill the words in it. That it was all pointing to this, who we now know as Jesus, but he would have called the Lord's Christ, which means this kind of anointed leader that they were waiting for, who would bring an age of peace and of liberty and of freedom from oppression. And Simeon was on the lookout for this Messiah, this Savior. And when he saw Jesus, he knew. He knew that was the moment. And he knew it wasn't an ordinary baby. And he took him up and he starts blessing God. And he's so, in this moment of joy, and he's just, this is his life's moment. This is what he has been waiting for. And in this moment of pure joy, what we see come out of Simeon's mouth is God's words. He doesn't directly quote from Isaiah But he kind of mashes together like four or five passages in Isaiah that talk about this one savior who's coming. And so it's like, it's not just someone who's read it and memorized it like it's a textbook. He's understood the story. And so in this moment of joy, what explodes from him is God's word. C3, I pray that as we go into 2021, we will be people who in moments of joy and in moments of sorrow, what erupts from our heart and through our mouth is God's word. There we would be people who bring God's word into any and all situations. When we feel pressed in, when we feel joyful, that we would speak God's words. That we would speak God's promises that are yes and amen. And I don't think it's an accident that those are the words that came out of Simeon's mouth. Because Luke has told us that he was a, a righteous and a devout man who heard from God which means his focus and his attention was on God. And whilst his attention and focus was on God, it meant that he was looking in God's word and saying, I want to know more about you, God. I want to understand you. And he was doing that by reading God's word so that in that moment of just natural release of his his inner being, he just speaks God's word. So I want to encourage us next year to focus on developing our relationship with God by getting into God's word. Not because we have to, because it's some duty that we have, but in a response to his great love for us and wanting to know the story that he has written for us. So as we go into 2021, let's be people who fall in love with God's word. And I just want to take a quick moment to talk about how we can do that, because I think practically sometimes we're not quite sure how how to do that, and it looks different for everyone. And so maybe for some of you listening today today, what you need to do to fall in love with God's word is just get hold of a Bible. You just need to get hold of a Bible. Maybe the first step, get hold of the Version app or there's other good apps out there. Or get hold of a physical Bible. And if you're not sure what translation to get or where to get it from, get in touch with us. We would love to help you do that. But maybe you have a Bible, but you're just not really sure where to start. I've been there. I remember, in fact, when I got this Bible, my sister sent it to me back in 2011 because I'd started to ask some questions about faith and about God. And she sent me this Bible, and I was so excited to read it. And I picked it up, and I got about three pages in, and I was entirely lost. And I was like, what is going on here? This is is not my context. This is not what I understand. But what did help, and what I would encourage you to do if you're in that place, is get into community where you can read the Bible with other people. I am encouraging us today to, to go and read the Bible on our own, but primarily it was not written to be read alone. It was written to be read and to be studied in community, to be, to be read together and to study together. So maybe if you're struggling on your own to do it, get into community, maybe one or two to start with, or maybe a, a C3 group and get into community and say to people, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to know more about the Bible, but how do I start? And there's, people, there's so many people that have been on that journey. And in that way in community, we can help each other with that but maybe you've kind of gone past that stage and you you're at a point where you kind of feel like you know the bible maybe you've grown up in church but you're just not feeling like you're in love with reading god's word it's kind of a duty and an obligation or you have your reminders from your reading plan and you're like oh gosh i haven't read in like days what's going on i would encourage you to try something new mix it up i think i was where that i was in that stage i think at the start of this year particularly and what's transformed it for me this year is that I've started to listen to the Bible. I've got an app called Dwell, um, which is like a, you can have an audio Bible. And that's been awesome because I can just walk around while I'm making my coffee in the morning and it's just on and I'm just listening to it. And there's something about just hearing it. Even if you're not taking in every single word, there's just, there's just moments that you hear something fresh and in a new way. Or maybe try a new translation or get a journaling Bible where you can like really scribble on it or write down some thoughts as you're going. And again, speak to people, say, and I think sometimes we can be afraid to say this to, especially in church, to say to someone, you know, I'm just not feeling like I want to read the Bible at the moment. I'm not feeling like I want to, you know, get stuck in at the moment. Speak to people, ask them for their ideas and their input, because we're all in that journey together. But my encouragement is to just find, find ways to do it so that we can fall in love with God's word, maybe for the first time, or maybe in a new way. And secondly, and and let me close with this, I think that we should be people who, like Simeon, have our hope in Jesus. Be people like Simeon who have our hope in Jesus. We're all hoping for something. We're all hoping in something. What is your hope in for 2021? Maybe your hope is in the vaccine rollout. Maybe your hope is in getting a new job because you've lost your job this year. Maybe your hope is in just seeing family who you've not been able to see this year. And I hope all those things happen. Those are good things. But none of them are things that we can place our hope in. Because if 2020 has taught us anything, it's taught us that circumstances and situations are beyond our control and can change in a moment. But the Christian hope differs from any kind of optimism or other kind of hope. Because it's not based on circumstances or situations working out how we need them to It's based on a person. Our hope is based in a person. It's based on the unchanging character and faithfulness of God. It's based on Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because it's a new year coming, but it's the same God. And that is good news. Simeon's hope was in this one who would bring peace, who would bring freedom, who would bring salvation. And he'd read and understood God's story and was waiting for that one who was going to come and fulfill it. He was waiting for Jesus' arrival to restore humanity's relationship with God. And in some ways, we are waiting too, aren't we? Because if we look around, we see that that, that relationship, that freedom, that hope, that peace that Jesus promised is not fully here yet. And the key word is yet. It started, but it's not fully here yet. And our hope is in Jesus' return to fully reunite heaven and earth, to fully restore our relationship with God. And when Jesus was was alive, he said that he would be killed. He said that he would rise again on the third day, defeating sin and death and opening a way for us to restore our relationship with God. And he said it and he has done it. And then he said that he would return and so until that day, we await his return. We look back and see what he has done, and we take that as confidence for what he will do when he returns one day to fully bring in that kingdom of peace, to fully bring that kingdom of liberty and of freedom and of light. Because if he said it, we believe it, no matter how it looks around us right now. And so my time is, has gone this morning, but I would love to encourage you and ask you a question as as I finish. What is your next step to being more like Simeon? What is your next step to being more like Simeon? Is it to get hold of a Bible, just to get hold of a Bible over these next few days and start 2021 with a Bible in your hands, ready to read God's word? Is it to get into community? Maybe you've been watching online this year, but you've not connected with community just yet. Maybe it's to get into community. And to say to someone, hey, I want to I wanna get to grips with God's Word. I want to start reading God's Word with people. And, and maybe that's your next step to get into community. Maybe it's finding a fresh and a new way to discover God's Word. Saying to God, maybe just praying when you get home today or, or when the service ends today to say, God, I want to I wanna have that desire to read your Word every day. So show me a new way. Tell me the person who I need to speak to to do that. But perhaps the next step for you is that actually you've never placed your hope in Jesus. You've never decided to place your hope in him, or maybe you started this year hoping in him, but this year has knocked you for six, and you've just, you need today to come back and say, I'm gonna place my hope in you again today, Jesus. I'm gonna place my hope and my faith in you. Because the same Holy Spirit that revealed to Simeon that this tiny eight day old baby was indeed the savior of humanity, I believe that that same Holy Spirit can reveal to you today that Jesus is not just the Saviour for the whole of the world and for all people and for anyone, but He is also your Saviour. He is also your Redeemer. Because as we read at the beginning, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, the whole world, every single person that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And God, who is the same God in 2021 as he is in 2020, as he has been since the beginning of time, is full of his steadfast love and kindness. And he stands inviting you and extending the invitation for you today to place your hope in the one who will not pass away, to place your hope not in things that will come and go, but in the king of the kingdom that will never end. He wants you to place your hope in him today. So the question is, will you place your hope in Jesus today? Will you accept that invitation today? What a way to end 2020 that would be. What a way to redeem this year that would be, to secure that eternal promise of life and and relationship with God. So if you've never done that before, or if you were doing that, maybe coming back to placing your hope in Jesus today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me now repeat after me whether you're in the room in one of our locations or you're online pray this prayer with me and then let us know heaven is going to have a party and we want to join that party so let us know get in touch speak to someone maybe someone shared this with you today speak to them let them know that you've made this decision so pray this with me lord jesus thank you that you are unchanging thank you that you are a rock solid hope Forgive me where I've hoped in other things. Today I choose to place my hope in you. To trust that you are the saviour of humanity. To make you the foundation of my life. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer here, speak to the Connect team. If you've prayed that prayer online, send us a message. We would love to hear from you. And we're going to hand over to the band now, and we're going to worship. So why don't you join with us in the room or at home, and we'll worship together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.